This is the full interview from a segment from the Overdrive radio and podcast program. For more information, go to drivenmedia.com.au. COVID has meant that in some cases we're not being able to return the press car that we usually have for a week. Unfortunately, I've had to keep the Subaru WRX STI for several weeks. Unfortunately for those who were to get it, but great for me. David Rowley is the National Corporate Affairs Manager for Subaru Australia. Good day, David. Hello, David. How are you? Very well, thank you. Sorry that I've had to have the STI for a while. Oh, look, I'm glad it's in safe hands, and it's just a pity that you can't get the full enjoyment out of it on the open road at the moment, which is a frustration for all of us. I've done remarkably few kilometres for the length of time that I've had it. Anyway, now, David, this is your year of the 21st anniversary. It certainly is. I'm I'm now in my 22nd year at Subaru, so some might rather unkindly dub me a dinosaur these days, but I'm happy to wear that tag. How did you feel at first when you came to Subaru? Did uh, having a company with the WRX, did that help the decision? It did, David. In fact, that car, I guess it's what's termed in the industry a bit of a halo car. And at that time, when I joined, uh, right at the start of 2000, of course, that first generation Rex was going through the roof sales-wise, and it brought a whole new audience to Subaru. In fact, it's probably fair to say that that car established that so-called pocket rocket club, of which there went on to be many members and it was a deciding factor for me especially in the context of the rally program that Subaru had with the late great Possum Bourne and all the glory that that uh, brought to Subaru over uh, so many years to 10 consecutive Australian rally championships and of course another one more recently via Molly Taylor so the, the history of the car carries on and on and And I'm sure, as you noticed, we recently sold our 50,000th in Australia, which I guess is a great reflection on the uh, level of interest for what what is, after all, pretty much a niche car, although I don't know that you call 50,000 niche. (laughs) Well, we'd come out of the period of the V8s, perhaps the big, lumpy Detroit iron type of uh, motor, but this was really a car, a, a, you know, and in all fairness, along with the Evo as well, in rallying that showed that small nimbleness and good technology was as much fun as anything. Yeah, very much. And, and that fun factor which you hint at there, David, has always been a key to WRX's success. And pretty much what you see on the rally stages even to this day with a lot of local enthusiasts, it's very close to the to the road car. And I, I think that's part of the uh, the special ingredients of, of WRX, that what you see in the showroom is very close to what you can rally if you want, certainly in terms of the STI. But the fun, fun factor is huge. And of course, a major component of that is the all-wheel drive combined with that turbocharged power, which which really is quite uh, an adrenaline rush, but a safe one at that because that sort of all-poor ability, as we call it, combined with the engineering quality, really makes it a, a potent, fun package. I used to rally, but a little before that, and uh, perhaps not with quite the budget, and so it was Datsun 1600s. You know, I still get into your WRX, and I get a rush of mine. No, I think I think it's more a rush of the soul 
that uh, reminds me of the sitting in a car which clearly had performance but didn't have to have bulk about it. Yeah, very much so. The, the, I think that's part of the key to it, David, is the, the simplicity of the car, really, particularly in that original incarnation from about 94, where, let's be honest, it wasn't the most sophisticated car in terms of the interior presentation or anything like that, and it was probably uh, a little more understated in those days. And, and that's what made the surprise factor when people got behind the wheel and went, wow, what is, what is the rush? What is happening here? And it almost became a word of mouth thing that uh, enthusiasts were telling their mates about it. And it became a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy from our point of view that people started snapping it up and we just couldn't get enough of them. And of course, many, many special editions later and all of that. And and I guess, I guess an, an indication of that is the fact that in the early uh, in the early noughties, we, we actually had WRX festivals. I think we did about three years in a row combined with the Rally of Canberra. And we had so many WRXs at those that we actually put them in front of Old Parliament House and got a helicopter up to take a picture of them all. And it, it was a very impressive sight. And, and to this day, the Rex clubs are still very, very strong and we love to engage with them because they, they're enthu- the enthusiasm of these people, you, it, it's worth bottling. You know, these guys, uh, guys and gals, I should say, they um, they think, and a lot of them do, do know a heck of a lot technically about the cars to the extent that they probably think they know more than our own engineers. And, and that's wonderful, the level of enthusiasm and interest. It's just, uh, it's tremendous. And, it, and any brand really aspires to get that level of loyalty. It's taken on an evangelistic fervour in some ways. Yeah, very much so. And yet I, I was looking at a, a bit of historical stuff just prior to uh, you calling me, David, and it, it, it's quite um, it, it's amazing to think that when we introduced the car in 94, it cost $39,990 in those days, which was regarded as quite a, a fair price at the time. Today, that's the, drive, the uh, manufacturer's list price. Today, the manufacturer's list price is forty thousand nine hundred ninety. So, if you translate that ninety NY ninety five price to today's dollars, it's around seventy six thousand dollars, seventy six and a half thousand dollars. So, the car today is is probably even better value with a lot more kit in it as well. And it's upgraded things like its interior. It's still got an element of that, not just made for the plush and comfortable, but I don't mean it was made badly, but it has improved in that area, hasn't it? It's it's met the market. Oh, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and not least safety-wise, which of course is, is very important, but even power-wise, you know, the car launched with 155 kilowatts. It's now 197 it had back in those days. It had two two hundred and seventy newton meters of torque, and now it's three hundred and fifty. So times do move on, and uh, it it really does represent represent tremendous value, as as indeed the cars generally these days. I think you and I have talked about it before in uh, hmm. some of your interviews that uh, we tend to think things get more expensive, but in terms of overall value, wow, it, it's not a bad deal, is it? Well, value, I think, is needs to be emphasised, just how much more kit is within a car from both safety and comfort and performance point of view. David, do you have children? I do. I've, I've got a boy and a girl. At what 
age, when did they first realise that their dad, or did they boast to their school colleagues that their dad owned WRXs? Uh, it's very funny you should mention that, David, because I, I always, well, it, it was a privilege and a pleasure to occasionally bring an STI home on a weekend or something like that because I knew the kids loved the uh, acceleration within legal limits, of course, David. But when they had their little pals with them and you you hit the accelerator, um, the the smiles on the dials, well, put it this way, it it was either a smile or it was a look of total fear. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, the the WR Blue cars in those days when uh, the World Rally team was at its absolute peak, they were so well known. So... The number of requests I used to get when the kids were in primary for posters and hats and stickers, you name it, I, I, I could have made a fortune selling them. <laughs> but you were, of course, top of the pops as far as a dad was concerned. I always had the parameter of the Matthew Brown, will you drive me to school in that car factor. Absolutely, yeah. No matter how much I did or didn't like the look of a car, it was that measurement that was really quite important to talk about its street cred. You know what, even, even amongst our own staff to these days, people getting married, wherever possible, people want to have a couple of Rexes to take the bride and groom and the wedding party to the event and everything. And it, it's tremendous. You know, they really want to make a song and dance about it. <laughs> well, that's get me to the church on time, isn't it? Excuse for being late, isn't it? <laughs> The market, we talk about young and young people and that. It wasn't just young people, was it? It could be a reward for someone who'd worked hard for a long time, longer time, and and appreciated the opportunity, appreciated to get into something that had technical refinement to it. I remember someone saying they, they knew a dentist, not that that's over-stereotyping, but they were well in their 40s who, who bought one. It wasn't just the mad... A uh, young person, young hoon. No, not at all. And that's been an education for us down the years. The number of what you might call weekend warriors that have bought Rexes and STIs as well. And the demographic is probably a lot broader than people imagine. I suppose in, in the day, people might have unkindly said, oh, it's the uh, cap back to front fans that, <laughs> that drive WRXs. And of course, we welcomed them and... Uh, there were a fair few, but equally, there were a lot of um, you know, professional people, doctors, dentists, as you say, uh, IT specialists. For some reason, this car has always appealed to geeks in a big, in a big way, too. Probably, you know, because they've been brought up on um, PlayStation and, and the World Rally Games and all of that, and they feel a real connection with the car. Uh, so there is that synergy, too, of the uh, the virtual world becoming the real world for some of these people when they've, uh, when they've matured a little bit. You must still benefit now that social media and YouTube allows people to put up pictures of them enjoying their cars. And you mentioned what was first computer games, and that would still be going on. How important is it? to have YouTube channels that laud your particular product? Are tremendously important, David. And in fact, you, you may have seen, we've actually got a marketing campaign, largely social media based at the moment, called Serenade Your Subaru, based on our, our latest TV campaign with a uh, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now, the old uh, Starship song. 
and encouraging people to uh, do their version of it. And I tell you what, there's a fair few people driving WRXs that are uh, putting contributions forward as well. So you might want to think about that, David, while you've got the SDI in the garage. (laughs) I'm desperately trying to work out how I can still visit my son even though he has grown up a little uh, since those days, that I still want him to think that I'm a cool dad. Yes, much like myself, yeah. As I say, my kids are totally grown up now, and obviously the hair's turned a bit more grey, but the Subaru, uh, the WR Blue never fades, so that's a good thing. Is there a new model coming out? There is, yes. In fact, I think that we've been teasing this week out of uh, Subaru of America, actually, that the uh, next generation Rex will be unveiled at New York Auto, Auto Show next month. We're probably looking at a early 2022 launch, um, probably first quarter or maybe a bit into April. But yeah, we can't wait to get it. And uh, we're hoping to have a few, few surprises and uh, little teaser bits in between as well. You mentioned the Subaru, and it has evolved with its power and things, yet the WRX and the STI, what's the STI? About 221 kilowatts. It's been that way for quite some time, and and I've got to say, that's more than enough. I'm more than happy with it. There's no criticism implied. Is there a need for it to make some major steps? Oh, look, um, depending upon social media and uh, and media interest, which is always really gratifying, but equally there's always that bit of expectation that there's more. More is never enough. (laughs) (laughs) Having said that, uh, I I think you'll find some uh, interesting surprises with uh, new generation Rex and then... uh, Subsequently, no doubt, with STI, which is still quite some way away. Um, but we, we think people will be uh, excited by what they get with WRX, that's for sure. Are we getting towards the last of it in its, well, I don't mean within a year, but uh, maybe five or so years of its current form that, that electrification will have its impact? Do you, do you think this might become the last hurrah? My crystal ball doesn't stretch out that far, David, but certainly in terms of electrification for Subaru generally, um, the our, our drivetrains, the, the low centre of gravity for which we're well known with the box, combined with the Boxer engine, which only benefits that, electrification delivers, for us, would de- deliver a, a very similar result. And, if you think we've got a, a decades-long advantage in terms of all-wheel drive and uh, torque vectoring to the wheel with the most grip and all that sort of thing, so it, it, I've no doubt that that can be applied to performance models from a Subaru perspective down the track. But I, yeah, I, I haven't got any definite timelines at this stage. But you can be sure that in the Subaru Skunk Works in Japan, there'll be. A lot of midnight oil being uh, burned to come up with some really exciting formulas in the not-too-distant future. So the future is not just one-dimensional, be it electrification, which is all the talk, and that will be a major component, yet there are other elements, aren't there? The all-wheel drive and and the nature of vehicles, safety and comfort. So motoring isn't being boiled down to this one aspect. That's part and parcel of marketing a car these days? Yeah, very much. I mean, safety, as you know, is very much a priority for us to, together with the performance side of it with cars like WRX. We, we were the first mainstream brand to 
actively promote ANCAP results and, and the first to have five star right across our entire Australian range. So we're, we're real advocates of, of that side of things. And more recently, with driver assist technologies like EyeSight, which are really pioneering in in their day and are becoming more and more sophisticated, uh, as you've no doubt experienced in new generation Outback. So you're right, it's a whole... There's a whole lot of ingredients that go into delivering the overall result. Performance, yeah, for sure, but you need safety to go with that and, and of course, driver responsibility as well. And enjoyment. Yeah, fun. We always put in the fun factor, David, and uh, I, I think w- whatever Subaru you drive, you can have fun in it, and um, we encourage people to do that. Um, responsibly, of course. I'll conclude and say that it is to your credit that you endorsed ANCAP because there was criticism of it at the time and it's not a perfect system in any way, yet it has brought safety to the fore. And, and of course, the WRX has brought to the fore the enjoyment, the, the small, nippy, powerful technology-driven type of car, not just a big lumping V8. And uh, I appreciate that and I appreciate it greatly. David, thank you very much for your time. Thanks so much for your interest, David. We'll talk soon. That's David Rowley, who is the Corporate Affairs Manager for Subaru Australia, a man who has lived and breathed Subarus and and that extra little boost of WRXs and with the SDI as well over more than 21 years. Overdrive is a radio and podcast program featuring road tests, interviews and features on motoring and transport. More information is available at drivenmedia.com.au and podcasts on Spotify or iTunes.